Welcome to the Nopalera podcast, a place where I share the journey of building my company from the ground up, as well as the stories of others in our community. I am your host, Sandra Velasquez, founder of Nopalera, a culture-forward brand that celebrates and elevates culture. Aside from making great products, we are cultural storytellers with a mission to inspire our community to stand in their worth. In this podcast, you will hear a mix of solo and guest episodes around the entrepreneurial realities of building a company. I launched Nopalera from my Brooklyn apartment with no outside funding while working three jobs, raising my child in the middle of the pandemic at the age of 44. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope it inspires you to live boldly. Hi, friends. I am pumped to share the gem that is Sam Ogborn with you all today. She is one of our secret weapons here at Nopalera. Not only is she a marketing veteran, but she does not mince words when it comes to giving actionable advice for anyone that is building a brand or a company. She is a fractional CMO and marketing mentor who spent 12 years in the corporate world working for major brands that you have heard of like Walgreens and Red Bull before venturing out on her own to help startups like myself and founders embrace marketing. She is a big believer and advocate for marketing education and loves to help founders stay ahead. She has her finger on the pulse because things in the marketing world are always changing. The platforms, the apps, the type of content, it's always changing and you know it's a full-time job to try to keep up. So people like Sam, we go to her to ask her like, hey, what should we be doing? What should we be paying attention to? So in the show notes, you can find all of her contact information. She has a full community where she gives people updates. So grab a pen, grab a paper and write down everything Sam says. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Nopalera podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here today. I can't even tell you. So excited to talk to you. It's always fun to talk to you. I could talk to you forever. And this is the number one topic that people, when I say people, I'm talking about founders, ask me about, which is marketing. Because when I started my brand, times were different. It was not even that long ago, but I used to be able to do interest targeting ads. Remember those beautiful days <laughs> when we could say people that like this and that and that and send them my ad. Those yes. days are gone. So let's not talk about the past. Let's talk about right now. What is working now? Oh my gosh. How much time you got? Let's talk yeah, for five hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> so first things first, let's talk about interest targeting because I think a lot of people in marketing in general will talk about interest targeting, talk about demographic targeting, right? Household income. There are all these different parameters that you can use to target. When you go into these platforms, you have so much in your arsenal that you can pick and choose from. And it sounds really exciting. And I think when a lot of founders first start, they think, oh, well, my target is 21 to 35. It's a female. So they'll go in and they'll actually select all those things. But if you really look at your behaviors and habits, you'll find that those things are kind of age agnostic, truly. There might be a sweet spot for age. There might be a sweet spot for gender. But it's much better to target people based on those attributes than getting so specific and so specific that you're actually hindering the amount of people that you could be reaching. So marketing is all about reach, right? And creating some kind of connection with someone who sees what you're putting out there so that they remember you. And that's where advertising comes in. So when we're talking about advertising, we're talking about putting media spend behind things. I just wanted to touch on that targeting piece first, because I think that that's really important. But nowadays in 2023, the landscape shifts so frequently. So things that people are doing now, three months ago, it would have been very different. And I can see how for a lot of founders, 
that feels very daunting, right? All of a sudden, especially for founders from five years ago until now, now you have so many platforms you have to be on and then you have to think about ads and then you have to think about all these things. It's always another thing, right? So there's a lot going on. The great news though is running ads right now, so much of your success is reliant on two things. It's reliant on an algorithm that dictates who sees your ad when they see it. And it's reliant on developing amazing creative. So if you can do those things, really the creative part more than anything, and you can trust these algorithms that have been collecting data for years to then find the right people for you, you're in a really good spot. And a lot of people talk about targeting right now and targeting without putting any parameters in the system and just doing completely broad, which sounds so counterintuitive to what you might think. But now brands can have a lot of trust that these algorithms on these social platforms and on these marketing platforms are actually smarter than you think and can identify and find the right people. You just have to bring the right message to them in a way that connects with them and helps create a memory so that they remember who you are and buy from you or you refresh their memory with retargeting and then you know, you're back in their good graces because you're back in their mind. So that's really targeting and creative. There's like, those are the two things that you hear about all the time. The targeting piece kind of taken care of for you. Like this year, really the creative is where I see a lot of brands struggling. Yes. And so let's define what that means because I think a lot of people that are not marketers, mm -hmm. when you say creative, like what is that? So yes. I think of there's like the copy and there's a the creative and the creative is the picture or the video, like the image. Mm -hmm. Right. And I want to ask you, because I talked to another marketer um, recently who was like, we don't even test copy where it's all about the creative. And so I'd love to get your insight. Like, should we be also laboring over testing, A-B testing? Like the headline says this and the picture says that. And then the headline says another thing, but it's the same picture. Like, does it matter or is it all about the creative? Yes. Great questions. So uh, let me start with your first question, talking about creative in general and brands in general and how create, how we've reached this precipice. I'm a traditional marketer. I worked in corporate for a long time. And when you work in corporate, you become very familiar with brand guidelines, brand standards, incorporating your brand in a certain way, having certain fonts and graphics look a certain way. And we're entering a new era where that's not really that important anymore. It is important to a degree, right? So using things like colors, your face is a brand, right? So you as a founder, actually, that's a connection point for people that are consuming your content. So there are a lot of different factors that can be considered your brand. It's just not as cut and dry as it used to be. So if you think about like a Coca-Cola, right? You might see a Coca-Cola ad now that looks nothing like what you'd think is like a quote unquote ad because it's made to feel native to these platforms. So that's something I think a lot of people need to start thinking about is it's not about creating a video or an asset that's perfectly in your brand colors and everything looks great. It's actually you're creating something that connects with people that feels natural to the platform with the enhancement of your brand versus your brand being what you lead with and just in your mm -hmm. face, because then that's what feels like mm -hmm. an advertisement to people. So, mm -hmm. so many people when they create ads, they forget this, but when they're on Instagram, when they're on TikTok, they totally get it because they're the ones that are flying through the sponsored posts like crazy. You know, they're like, Oh, sponsored yeah. by sponsored by I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not paying attention to that. So think mm -hmm. about your own habits and what stops your scroll, what gets you to pay attention 
because guaranteed it's not the ones that look like an ad. It's the ones that feel really natural and native to the platforms. So we're talking about using your phone to capture your video, using the automated captions that come with the platforms to write out Mm -hmm. your copy, right? So these are things where there's just a massive shift in advertising in general, where consumers are becoming more clever. They're figuring out that advertisements are ads, like when they see them. And now it's a brand's responsibility to find a way to, and I'm sorry to say this as a marketer, but infiltrate that so that you can get the attention and the awareness that you want for your brand. So that's a responsibility that a brand has, number one. When it comes to testing, now your second question, A-B testing is great. You're going to find that there are a lot of people in the advertising field that are going to say, do this, don't do this. Use this software, don't use this software. It's awful. It's going to ruin your ads. You can't really mess it up if you have really great messaging and really great creative in your ads. So when we talk about creative, we're talking about, like we just said, native video, something that feels natural, feels like something that you took in your house. User-generated content so popular right now. You as a brand, you're kind of an influencer at this point. So treat yourself like an influencer when you're creating content, less like a brand. You know, if you're doing something that's a day in the life and you want to incorporate your brand product, shoot it that way versus it being so stuffy and feeling so formal as a brand, like make it feel comfortable and natural. So that when someone's scrolling, they're like, Oh, this is interesting. Which brings me to my next point. AB testing copy. Great. We love AB testing. Anything data is power. Truly data is like the knowledge that you need to make informed decisions. However, you just need to have a good video, <laughs> like just make a video <laughs> back to square yeah, one. I mean, truly yeah. like we're going back to basics. Cause I think a lot of people, they get overwhelmed. They think there's so many things to do. Think about how you yeah. watch videos. The first three seconds are critical hook point, capture people right away, get them engaged, make sure that you're solving a problem in your creative, make it fun and engaging. Like one thing that I love about Nopalera's brand is there's tons of colors, right? So immediately it's popping off the screen. Mm-hmm. Some brands don't have that. So find what catches attention and what draws people in. Mm-hmm. And you can get all of these metrics through your analytics. So I'd highly recommend people take a look at this and see what videos perform, what don't perform, and then keep iterating. Creative is an ongoing process. It's not a one and done. You're creating and then you're like, great, done. Bye. Done. <laughs> yeah. Walk away. No. It is a long process. And one other thing I want to touch on too, because I hear this all the time from founders is, well, this organic video, this organic reel or TikTok video performed so well for me. I want to use it in paid. And my advice to you is rethink that. Rethink what you're talking about in that video. Chances are people that watch that video, maybe you had a really high view rate. Maybe it was just kind of clickbaity and it just worked well. But when you're running paid, the videos that you're using, especially if you're introducing people to your brand for the first time, which is going to be 99% of people because there's tons of people that you can market to, they're not going to know who you are. So your creative Mm -hmm. should speak to that and introduce yourself and your brand as opposed to seeing, you know, analytics that look really good on a video and being like, well, this did well, it should do well and paid. That's not necessarily true because you're advertising to a brand new crop of people. So you need to tailor that message accordingly. Yeah. Here's a question that I get all the time. Okay. So let me back up. When I started running ads, which by the way, I have been doing paid ads since before I launched. Like I built an email list so that I had someone to launch to. 
And when I tell people that, and I've said this in this podcast too, like in the early podcast recordings, people are like, well, which I, I was like, I took a class. I learned how Facebook business manager worked and I did it myself in the beginning. And everyone is like, which class did you take? Because I think if they take the same <laughs> yes. class, then they can do it themselves too. So my real question for you is, should founders try to run paid ads by themselves mm. or should they hire Go, should they go to Upwork? Should they go hire an agency? Yeah. Right. Because I think aside from everything that you're saying is like, people are literally like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Do I do it myself? Should I hire someone? I don't have money to hire someone. So talk Great to me. Question. What should people yeah. do? There's also the question of when should you run ads, which we should touch on mm. briefly. Cause I think that will play into my answer for that. So when should you run ads? Mm -hmm. People think, well, shit, if I run ads, my brand's just going to set on fire and I'm going to have like a trillion <laughs> sales. You know, people are just like, they think that running ads equals money. And that is so far from the truth. If you run ads, you know, for a fact, it is an iterative process. It doesn't happen overnight. That's number one. Let's like, make sure that you know this. When should you run ads when you've already proven out that your product is sellable? It's converting on your website because we're not just talking about running ads. We're talking about the full funnel and journey. And when we say journey, it's a journey. So it's not just mm -hmm. people clicking an ad, coming to your website, buying. It's never going to be that simple. So yeah. ads is one thing. Abandoned cart. Yes. Abandoned Please. Cart. Yeah. Come on. Like this is like we, if you've seen your analytics in Shopify, you know, reach checkout, that person left and you're like, well, shit, what am I doing? You know? So running ads off platform is one thing, but you really have to look at the full funnel of getting someone to your website and buying to have traction and you need to have organic traction before you even run ads. So if you're someone that's like my budget's lean, which is so common for startups, maybe running ads isn't the best thing for you to do, especially if you haven't really nailed down your organic tactics. So are you a verified merchant on Pinterest? Have you connected that to your Shopify? Have you proven out that your theme and your website design actually converts shoppers, that your copy on your website converts people? Do people just naturally come to your website because they discover you through Google searches? All of those things, that's like the foundation of the house for a brand, right? That's the foundation of the house for marketing. So don't skip a step running to advertising. You should be doing ads. If you already know that people love your product, they enjoy it, they're excited to buy, they're buying organically, and your organic tactics already work. If those are working and you're getting a great conversion rate, let's say like even like a one to 2% start considering running ads, right? But you have to have that baseline traction to scale ads. And guess what? It's not like an overnight thing either. I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. I have two months before my money runs out, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, better start, you know, firing up the whole reels because you got to start doing that because that's just marketing. That's what you need to do to create the foundation, Right let's say you are ready to run ads and you don't know what to do. You don't know if you need to hire an agency. You don't know what that next step is, or there's a class that you've heard about. They're like, Oh, should I pay for this? Right. Get on fucking YouTube. <laughs> Sorry to swear, but like, yeah, like, uh-huh. Get on YouTube. There are amazing people. There's a woman named Savannah Dara, who's also amazing. These two people have free videos on how to run ads. Watch their videos. You don't need to get into the super nitty gritty specifics. That is not an expectation. It's not like you don't need to know every little detail of your analytics. You just need to know, right? Is my creative working to get someone to the website? Mm -hmm. And then is my website working to get someone to check out and buy from me? Yes. And I want to pinpoint something that you said, which is also super important that I think 
a lot of founders also overlook, which is messaging. Yes. Oh, because we yes. talked about creative, right? And founders found their brand out of passion and they think it's all about, well, my ingredients are good, Sam. And like my product really works, Sam, right? And I used to see this when I worked in CPG. Everybody's product works, by the way, y'all. Yeah. Okay? yeah. <laughs> Everyone's ingredients are good, yes. by the way. Oftentimes they're the same ingredients and that's totally fine. Uh, hello. You know? Hello. Yeah. So messaging, again, not everyone is a born copywriter, right? So should we be hiring copywriters first? Because all the foundational stuff that you talked about, I totally agree with. Jumping to ads, like your product and your messaging and your branding, if it's not there, like the ad is not going to yes. come and save you. It's not going to make people buy your product. So people are always like trying to jump ahead and skip mm -hmm. steps. And I'm always like the foundation, like, the what's foundation. What's your elevator like, pitch? Like, do you have strong positioning. This is one thing too, like what brand is, positioning. Break that down. What is positioning? Drives me insane. I will stand in a soapbox forever about this. Let's talk about <laughs> brand positioning. Let's get on top of that yeah. soapbox. What is brand All positioning? Right. Break it down. This is the highest peak of a soapbox ever because I got a lot to say. Not a lot of time, but brand positioning, how your brand stands out against this consideration set of other brands is how I would put it. Love that. And, and what that means standing out is sure it's subjective, but do you have unique enough stance in the marketplace that you're memorable enough for someone to clearly be able to speak to what you do? That comes from having a crisp, strong elevator pitch that you say everywhere. You use that in every single piece of communication. It's in your IG bio. It's on your website. It's in your follow-up emails. You're using the same vernacular, the same words. You have your own voice carved out where it feels really authentic and true to you. That is just natural. You have to define this because now is the biggest time for people getting into entrepreneurship. And like you said, the competition in most industries right now, unless you have like a Hail Mary something crazy product, it's just not going to happen. It really comes mm -hmm. from your branding, your positioning and how you show up to your audience. And you have to get clear with there also being a need in the marketplace from a consumer standpoint for your brand. So a lot of founders come up with their brand because they're like, well, I had this problem and I was facing this and this, I just needed to solve this. And you know what? That's awesome. But are you 1% of people? Or are you at least 50% of people that also probably have that same exact problem. Like you have to do your research in the upfront. Don't retroactively do your research afterward and be like, oh wait, maybe there isn't that much of a problem. Sure, you have a distinct voice, but make sure there's also a need too so that when you're creating your creative and you're developing it, you're actually solving problems for people and you're answering questions that they have that might be a burning question that they're like, I just need a brand to solve this for me. That's what positioning is all about. And you know what? As a founder, you have to be honest with yourself and like ask around and really push people to come back to you and be honest. One of my favorite brands that I always reference is Liquid Death, which... <laughs> oh my God. I was just going to say Liquid, <laughs> Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a great example too. No pun intended, but they are killing <laughs> Literally killing it, crushing it. Like truly like amazing. Why? Because they're just murder your thirst water, murder your yes. thirst. But then their cans look great. Their branding looks amazing. They just got, I think it was a $700 million in valuation. Why? Because they had great positioning mm -hmm. because they found a way to position themselves against a freaking ice mountain bottle that, you know, water is a commodity. And yet they found a way to brand themselves and position themselves a certain way. I live in New York. Water is free. Yeah. Sam. It is free. <laughs> yeah, see? 
I don't know what it's like in Chicago, but here in New York, we drink the yep. tap water. It is free. <laughs> and here we have these people putting water in a yep. can and it's worth $700 million, exactly. like valuation. Exactly. And I always go to the water category because when people start to tell me like, but my ingredients, no. I'm like, let me tell yeah. you something. <laughs> Nobody knows about ingredients. Exactly. Your customers are not formulators. Take yes. the water category. If I took four water companies and I poured them out into clear glasses, mm-hmm. you would not be able to tell which one is which. Why? Because there's one ingredient and that ingredient yeah, is water. Exactly. Right. And you know what though? The funny thing is when they do consumer studies too, when people are influenced by brands, they will actually, it will influence how they taste a brand, like how they taste the product. Right. So branding can work wonders for people. It just needs to actually happen. The feeling. You know, you have to think about it. Yes. You have to understand it to be able to be effective in it. So yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most novel concept. It's how you're positioning yourself against the products that are being considered for a consumer in that moment, right? And you're giving them an opportunity to buy into whatever you're selling. In the case of liquid death, it's just pure enjoyment and absurdity, which people are like, hell yeah, sign me up. Yes, yes. And the timing, right? And also I think what liquid death, what they illustrate so beautifully is that it's not for everybody. Yes. And yet yes. you can be successful, right? Like it, it looks like monster energy drink, but water, mm-hmm. right? It's like the water version of monster. It has that kind of branding. It's like, it's very yes. male. It's very, very like rock and roll yes. dude. You know, it, that does not appeal to yoga moms. Let's totally. say. And guess what? They're like, okay, who cares? Like we know our target. That's it. Yes. Yes. They own it. They're not like, but I want to appeal to everyone. Cause then if I appeal to everyone, then I can get more sales. It's like, no, guess what? Like, that's not how it works. The days of Coca-Cola and I only use Coca-Cola cause they're the most nostalgic heritage brand you could think of the days of a brand really having a definitive positioning and being the only one in their industry is over. So get over it. <laughs> know that you're going up against right. a ton of brands. When someone types something into Google, you're competing for that top spot. And if you get that top spot, you better be able to articulate. If you care about your ingredients, why do those ingredients matter? What problems do those ingredients solve for people? What's the aspirational thing that they want to get to? What's motivating them? It's not about the ingredients. It's where the ingredients take someone, what that aspirational journey looks like for them. And if you can tap into that, then you're golden. And if you can tap into that with ads at scale, you'll be in a great spot. Yes. So liquid death, I love that we are talking about this. It's like my favorite. Oh, really? (laughs) I just used this in a presentation that I gave like last week at a conference. I used the water category. I was like, I know I'm a beauty brand, but we're going to talk about the water category because it's just the perfect category to illustrate the importance of how branding is your first Mm -hmm. touch point of marketing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mike Cesario, the, the founder of liquid death is a former marketer. Right. I'm kind of like, well, of course, right. You are an expert marketer. So like, of course you understand this. But again, back to my question of like, should founders be hiring a copywriter, Mm -hmm. you know, because messaging does not come easily to, I'm going to say most founders, founders, right. Because they're so deep in their, like what I call the curse of knowledge, right. They know too much. Right. And so they don't know what is important. What should I be telling Mm -hmm. people? They don't have an elevator Mm -hmm. pitch. So if we're really following like your step-by-step process, if it's first like the foundation before we start running ads, yes. right? And that's really about brand positioning and messaging. Is that the first person that a brand should be hiring mm. is like a copywriter yeah. to really help them clarify that? The first thing that you should be doing, step point one, is doing consumer research because that Love is that. going to dictate every step that your brand takes because you're informed by how people buy, why they buy, what they buy, what they're interested in, what their consideration set is. When you're equipped with that knowledge, then you can start to pull the pieces together of like, okay, well knowing this, here's how my brand is going to show up 
and really have unique and differentiating positioning. Right. And then I think that's a great opportunity. I mean, I am such a big believer in copywriters, even now in the AI era where people are using chat GPT. I'm like, Oh my God, hire, don't get me started. Hire a copywriter. When someone can write copy about your brand that gives someone chills. Mm. Oh my gosh. There is nothing like it. I think copywriters are some of the most important hires that you can make. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm a huge believer in copywriters. I'm a huge believer in brand designers too. Yes. The power of visuals and strong copy, it doesn't get any better than that. And you know what? You have a million brands who choose not to invest in that. And so they become a commodity because they have the same product as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And when you invest in great copywriting, you invest in strong brand visuals and you really take the time to go through the process. Mm -hmm. And it's an informed process because you started with the research Mm-hmm. then you are in a place where you feel in your soul deep down that you're building something that no one else has out there because you've done your consumer research. You've looked at your competitive set. You've analyzed how they go to market, what they're doing, what their elevator pitch is. And then you're using that to inform a copywriter, to inform a brand designer. Here's how they're showing up. Here's how we should show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the power that will carry your brand light years. Yes. You know, you're a former like corporate marketer, right? And now you are helping us normal folks be better marketers (laughs) (laughs) and you've created a community to help people do that. What would you say is the most common obstacle that founders come up against? Is it that? Is it exactly what we're talking about? Is it because they don't have a good elevator pitch? Have they not done their consumer research or is it something else? You know, because I think a lot of founders think, well, I don't have the money to hire X, Y, Z. And I'm like, consumer research, y'all, is free. It's called Google. Exactly. And it's called a Google spreadsheet. Yep. That's what mm-hmm. I do. Like when I'm in the middle of R&D. I'm like, I go to Reddit. Right now. I'm like, guess what? I'm going to research mm. on Reddit and I'm going to look at these anonymous forms. You know, no one cares. Here's the thing. When I did focus groups in the corporate world, focus groups, when you're in person, which is also a very traditional, like corporate marketing thing to do, you have to understand what social desirability bias is. People want to be liked by their peers. So they're going to say things. Mm-hmm. Or if you interview a friend, they're going to say things that they think you want to hear. So they're really not the mm-hmm. best kind of person. Yeah. But if you use Google, you use a websites like Reddit, which I'm Reddit's my favorite social platform because it's just rich with people who it's not them. No allegiance. There's no, no yes. allegiance. And like they can hide behind a screen, but no one knows who they are. So they can just be completely honest about, you know, their shit. Really. They can say whatever they want. So yeah, that's great. I love Google. And then most common things, I would also say, yes, the biggest challenge that I see with founders is they don't have the discipline. They don't sit down Mm. and they, they just don't get it done. So they keep twirling in like stuff that just doesn't matter. Right. Your success comes from the small stuff. What are they twirling in? I'm just curious. It's like setting up a new tool. The font. Yeah. Setting up a new tool, setting up like the dumbest stuff where I'm like, okay, listen, it sounds important because you've maybe listened to another brand's marketing who said you do this and it's going to change your life. Yeah. But what they're not saying is like what an Olympic athlete would say, which is I didn't just do this Olympic event and then I won and I'm a winner. I trained and I showed up on the hardest days Yeah, and I put in the work on the days that like, I didn't really feel like putting in the work. Right. I didn't really feel like showing up that day, but you know what? I did it anyway. And that consistency and that frequency, which from a marketing perspective is critical for brand awareness. Mm -hmm. It's going to work so much better for you than just being like, well, shit, I just lost six months because I was trying to get 
a team hired and I was trying to get the software set up. And then now I got to run ads because I lost time with organic because I didn't put in the time. Start now, start your SEO now, start your organic social now. Know that if you can see results from that, then ads are going to be a breeze for you. There's going to be some stuff you got to figure out, but overall it's going to be a breeze because you've already proven out You've taken all the steps, you've done the research, you've done the brand visuals, you've done the copywriting, you've done all the right steps. Now it's just a matter of lighting your brand on fire when you already know that it's working. Yes, that's right. So I guess back to one of my first questions before we wrap up, time flies. I love, I love this subject. Yeah. So let's say someone did all the right Mm -hmm. things. They followed all your steps. They did the market research. They understand their category, competitive set. They invested in branding, copywriting. Now it's time to do ads, but like most of us, why would any normal person know how to run their own ads? So should they hire a freelancer? Should they work with an agency? Go take Facebook classes. Go literally use Facebook certification, watch YouTube videos, Okay. get Google certificate. Like I'm not even joking. You guys, the amount of free resources that exist out there. Yes. Save three hours of your time, bucket three hours. Yeah. Be disciplined about it because discipline's really hard for founders. Be disciplined, shut off your email, shut off your text and be like for the next three hours, I'm going to figure this out. And then you know what? We have this marketer community where if you have questions on stuff, it's free mm-hmm. questions and answers. Like I'm in there. Other people are in there. Come ask questions if you need troubleshooting and we'll give you an answer. So like, don't get burdened by hearing about someone took this $600 class and you have to take it to be successful. There's free stuff out there. Yes. Go take the free stuff. And then if you still feel like you're stuck, mm-hmm. then bring in an expert. Or if you feel like, you know what? I just don't have time for this, but I need to keep the train moving. Mm-hmm. Then bring in an expert. But if you have the time, I think it's so important for founders. Like you learn things on your own and then you're more empowered to hire someone and give them the proper direction. That's the best possible place. So I just would say Facebook, Google have great training courses for this. Take them, go on YouTube, learn from people there, and then you're going to be solid. Yeah. Are you talking about, you mentioned Savannah. Are you talking about social Savannah? Yeah, social Savannah. And then Dara Denny, she's phenomenal. I had her in my podcast, actually. She's great. Those are like probably two people I'd say that are just really like whip smart with paid ads. Yeah. Yes. I've seen their content and it's like, it's great. It's phenomenal. I love that. So uh, to wrap up, I just want to ask you like a few kind of like rapid fire questions. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? I don't know. Cause I feel like I hear great advice every day that I'm like, Oh shit. Um, <laughs> I think the, my favorite quote is applied knowledge is power. I actually had as my senior quote mm. from my mom that knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And then I heard later on that applied knowledge is power. And I think that that's the truth. Cause it doesn't matter if you learn it, but if you don't apply it, then you're not going to get anywhere. Listen, it doesn't just work on its own. Yes. You have to put it to work. I love that. Describe and don't hold back your perfect day. Oh my gosh. Perfect day. Okay. Take my dog for a walk, drink a cup of black coffee, listen to jazz, read two marketing books, go hang out with my family and friends and eat like a really delicious French meal. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that you know exactly how this yeah. day goes. I yeah. love it. And I love that it was like read. It wasn't people are like, oh, and then I go to work. I'm like, really? Work? Yeah. That, that's no. in your perfect day. I love so. to read. Like that's um, yes, perfect day for sure. Yes. Time to read. Time to read. A luxury. Yeah, lo- true Nothing. luxury. And yeah. then what do you want to be remembered for? Helping people truly. Like this conversation is like satisfying to my soul and just feeling I can help one more person be a better marketer if they feel like they weren't equipped with the tools to be a marketer from the get-go, which is everyone who didn't study marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, Sam, thank you so much. We're going to leave all the links in the show notes so that people can go and find you and your amazing community thank that you, you have built, which by the way, everyone, we also work with Sam. Like when we need an expert and we're like, please, we need someone to tell us if we're doing this right. <laughs> like we go to you. Yeah. So here's my endorsement of Sam and, and what she has built in her community. So definitely go and find her and all the other people that she mentioned so that everyone can start learning how to be a better marketer because the reality, you guys, is that we are all running marketing companies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know you think you're running a water company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all running marketing companies. Mic drop. Agreed. So thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Remember to leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening from. Spread the word so we can impact and grow the community. If you are an entrepreneur looking for more real talk and resources, you can join my entrepreneurial newsletter from my personal website, sandralilavelasquez.com. But also visit nopalera.co to pick up your favorite self-care items for yourself and your loved ones. Join the Nopaleta mailing list to be the first to hear about new products, exclusive promos. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at nopaleta.co. Stay resilient.